today guys we have our special guest um probably our biggest special guest yet is um don j logan that was literal that's all yes. yeah you're a very <laughs> he, big person he played uh, um, college football at stanford uh, he was a ninth string uh, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> pretty accurate actually nah, but he wasn't that bad Anyway, yeah, you play college football now. Uh, where where do you serve? Uh, at church. Oh, I serve at a uh, Calvary Chapel Mountain View. Yeah, help with the youth, help teach the youth, and whatever else needs to be needed. Announcements. Mm-hmm. Prayer needs to be needed. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah. So that is our special guest, and yeah. So, uh, do you want to? I mean, not, we haven't done this, but we need to. But do you want to do maybe a quick rundown of your testimony? Or oh, that'd be interesting. All right. Quick. How quick? There's a two minute, five minute, 15 minute. I want the two minute. Which show? I'm okay with the five or the 15. Really? You just make the decision. Okay. All right. You give me a lot of freedom. I've been known to talk a lot, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, you. the five minute version probably ends up being 15 anyway. You're right. right. I'll do, do the five minutes that'll turn into fifteen. Yeah. Right. I'm glad you I'm glad you got that down. That's okay. <laughs> um so what's up everybody? I'm Don Jay and uh Yeah, God's God's been faithful. Um that's that's the moral of the story that God is faithful and uh, he can never go outside of like he's always gonna be faithful. When we're faithless, he's faithful. Um and that's pretty much the story of my testimony. I grew up in the church. Um, my dad, as I grew up, since the time I could start remembering, so like four or five, um, my dad was already a youth pastor. And so he was a youth pastor at a church in Compton. That's where I grew up. I grew up in Compton. Um, and we moved from Compton when I was about seven. But during that period, my great uncle had a church um, that, that he had founded. And we went to that church. That's the church that we went to. All our family was there. And so um, my dad was a youth pastor. Um, and so that that being said, like I was always around the church. There was never a moment where I wasn't around the church, where I wasn't around the Bible and around Jesus talk. Now, when I was like younger, I didn't really completely understand what that meant, though. Um, a lot of the talk that the pastor was teaching went kind of over my head. And so while I was always in this environment where Jesus was, I never got to take the time to know him personally. Um, we did like little youth, the youth stuff, and then after we went to the big church, and the big church always had this. My my uncle was preaching, but it was always to the adults. It wasn't geared towards the kids, um, and so I was missing like a children's ministry where I could be ministered to where I was at. And um, moving forward, we moved out of Compton when I was like seven, came to Arizona. Um, we lived with some family members for a little bit, then we started going to Calvary Chapel of Queen Creek, and that's when I first got into like a children's ministry where I was actually able to understand the content that was coming to me. Um, not dumbed down, but age appropriate um, gospel presentations, um, as well as just learning the principles of God and learning God's word and reading the Bible, but in a way where a child will be able to receive it. And so that's that's when I first received who God was, when I first got an understanding of him and first received him when I was eight years old. Um, we got saved at the Calvary Chapel, Queen Creek, right down the road. Um, then after that, not a lot of challenges hit. So up from like 8 to like 12-ish, um, life was just bland. There wasn't much going on. I was always playing sports. Um, I wasn't super into girls yet to where we would be doing stuff that would be sinful. Like it was just at that point, oh, you're cute. Let's date. And we dated. Like it was it was those kinds of things. Um until I got around 13, 14, getting into that high school transitioning, that's when um, my faith started to get tested and where uh, my heart kind of revealed itself. Um, very lustful 
at those ages. I mean, you're going through puberty, you're seeing people's body changes right before you, and that's that's when those temptations started to arise, and I feel hard for it. I mean, all of my peers were um, into sexual things, drugs and alcohol, and while I was able to stay away from the drugs and alcohol, that was a lot easier um, because my parents didn't allow me to go to those things that those were present. Um, and the only reason I was able to get caught up in those lustful desires, those sexual desires, was because, um, you know, we just had that free time where my parents weren't home and I was able to, I was able to do the things that I wanted to do then. So um, I knew who God was. I wanted to do what was right by him. I knew that uh, sex before marriage and uh, many other things were sin, um, but I hadn't realized the power that the Holy Spirit gives me and gives us all as believers. The Bible talks about um, God not allowing you to be tempted more than you can handle. Um, there was definitely ways out of all those situations. I mean, there was clear things. Jesus talks about cutting your hands off if they cut you to, if they cause you to sin. Well, I could have easily just not went over to her house and did those precautionary things that would have kept me from doing that, but um, my flesh desired it, and I, I didn't do a good job of waging that warfare on it. Um, I kind of, I kind of let things go, and so um, I, I got caught up in that. But God is faithful. You know, that's what we started off with, and that's what it's going to end with, because God was so faithful that He didn't let me continue down that path. He didn't let me just continue going. Um, as His child, I believe that He was reaching out to me. I was in one of those. Um, the the wilderness, that wilderness mode where I just kind of was doing my own thing and God had saved me, but I didn't realize and I didn't want to walk in what he had for me. Um, and so part of that, part of that part of me had to die off. And what God did was he used the woman who I was being sexual with and he ended that relationship over stupid things like in the world's eyes, but for whatever reason, she broke up with me and I was super hurt over it. I had made her my idol. I gave her a place that she didn't deserve and I put her over God and I put our desires together over God. And so what God did was he took that from me um, and he let me know like this love that I thought was there, um, it wasn't the kind of love that I need. It wasn't the kind of love that I was looking for. I thought I was looking for this passion. I thought I was looking for um, these like amazing emotions, but what I really want and what we all really want is that is what Jesus calls agape love. What the Bible describes as agape love that that selfless, selfless, put others before yourself kind of love. And what I realized is that I was putting myself over her needs and she was putting herself over my needs, but it felt like love because we were doing the actions and and those feelings were aroused, but um, that really, that wasn't reality. That wasn't what love was. That was that was lust, that was passion, that was emotion. That wasn't real love, um, which is action-based. And so um, got to that point where God showed me what true love was. Um, and when I was down in my lowest moment, I realized that, wow, this girlfriend that I had may have left me. Wow, I thought everything was okay, but then she leaves. I realized that God will never leave. Um, I think my, there was a song that was playing, and I, I love this song. This was a song that really helped me get through all of that. Um, it's, it was big. It's called "Bigger Than," because you are bigger than all my fears. God above, God my love, you are bigger than all my dreams. God my hope, God my peace. Whatever will come my way through each day. I will say, God, I trust you. And, and in those words, I realized that God will always be there. That all the desires that I had, all the things that I wanted, all the things that I had planned for, that just having God on my side, having God right here with me, in my, like the Holy Spirit coming into my life, coming and dwelling in me, Holy Spirit dwells within me, like having him with me right by my side through every step, knowing and being able to look back at Jesus's death on the cross, looking at his resurrection, understanding that those things are final and those things won't change regardless of any circumstance, regardless of what other things on this earth may fail. Just knowing that God is outside of it and God will never fail you. 
And so it was it was those moments that kind of brought me to my knees and to that understanding that God, you are greater than all these things. You are bigger than all these things. And my life should revolve around you, not around the things of this world. And so I had this heart transformation in this moment. I felt like I was rebirthing. Like it was just this this newness of, of strength and understanding of who God is, um, which caused me to become the, the, the man that I am today by God's grace. He, he continued to use that off of that momentum. Um, I've become those things. I found my gifts. I started exercising those gifts. I started getting into the word daily. Um, and, and that's based on that, that transformation really just jump-started. God, God's been faithful ever since, and he's, he's never let me astray. He's never let me down. Um, he's continued to be faithful even through that that momentary struggle that I had of not really seeing who he was. He opened my eyes, and he led me to his love. So, uh, at what point did you really get into football, I guess? Oof. How did you get to Stanford? That's a pretty big school. Oh, man. Uh, football. Started ever since I saw my older brother. Um, he was maybe six so or seven at the time. Like, like a week old. The first time you saw him. <laughs> first time I saw my older brother. Yes, absolutely. Okay. No, nah, okay. so he he started playing. <laughs> he started playing when he was like seven, and or maybe even younger. But I started. I saw him when I was four. He's three years older than me for context, and so I just I got into it and I loved it. And what reinforced that was um, we at the Home Depot Center just down the street at Cal State Dominguez Hills, um, the Chargers were practicing. And we went up after the practice, they came up, we took pictures with the players, and one of the players, I think one of the backup quarterbacks, let me wear their helmet. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. So ever since then, I just wanted to be a football player. And a lot of the times, we gravitate towards things that we're good at. And I think I very much enjoyed football because I was good at it. And so I just continued down that path, and then some, something else kind of solidified it. I remember it was like 2010, and I was watching Stanford play, and they were like pretty high ranked at the time, um, and they were they were beating up on some school. And I was like, man, Stanford looks like a really good school. Like I want to play for them. Man, can't believe it. Can't yeah. Believe it, man. Yeah. Man, and then I that's too much. And then I saw <laughs> I saw some people, or no, my um, my aunties or people who were around were like, oh yeah. They're a really smart school. And they're like, you're smart. You? Like, I was like, yeah, you know what? I am smart. I kind of want to go to a smart school and play good football. And then they're like, oh, it's also in California. And I was like, my family's in California. So ever since I was like 10 years old, I've been wanting to go to Stanford. And that's just been like the dream. And so everything academically, everything sports-wise um, was all geared towards going towards Stanford. Um, since I was 10, and I, I, maybe this was the Holy Spirit or maybe it was just my desires. But either way, I've been wanting to go to Stanford to play football and be an electrical engineer since I was 10. And I chased those relentlessly. And um, you know, by God's grace, there, could have, there was a lot of things I could have, that could have stopped me. Um, but, but God is good, and I think he had a plan for me, and he allowed those doorways. And. You know, I got there. It was different than what I expected, but I wanted to be there. I met my wife there. I found a lot of my spiritual gifts there. I got a lot of ministry practice there. Um, okay. Met many good people. <laughs> like there, it, Stanford was one of the best things that God allowed into my life. Um, he used it to grow me. He used it to challenge me. He used it to change me. He used it to help me meet people like my wife and many other great friends and. You know, got great education from there. Um, so God's been faithful. That that's that's kind of that journey to Stanford. Yeah. And uh, you want to talk about COVID at all? How we all know each other. You, oh man, right? yeah. We can yeah. say. It. I don't yeah, you guys got that one. Yeah. Well, COVID happened. That was the worst, dude. I was just <laughs> telling Josh yeah. yesterday. I was telling him like, what, what was I telling? You? I was like, yeah, yeah. The first time I heard. It sounded like Ebola, like just oh, yeah. some weird Absolutely. random thing. Absolutely. Like no one cares. And then that, that cruise ship came in and they're like, oh, it's in Seattle. And it's like, okay. But then nobody died. And so I just figured, okay, like everyone's going to drop this because it turns out nobody died. Right. And then 
like suddenly the next week on Wednesday, like the NBA shut down and everyone was saying there's a pandemic and like we're closing for two weeks on all this stuff. I'm like, what? That's crazy. Oh, yeah. And then there wasn't church for like six weeks because we're in Arizona. But uh, <laughs> we went back quick. Yeah. Well, it didn't feel quick. <laughs> it didn't. No. I remember literally jumping up and down like a little kid when they said we could go back. And that, <laughs> that was what, sophomore year? Yeah. So so happy. That's when I started about started going to Calgary. Yeah, after COVID. Oh wow. And so, um, yeah, there was Don Jay. He was just there because I guess Stanford shut down. Yep, uh, shut down. Um, everything was remote, so I was with my parents again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought he was like a senior in high school because because he looked so young. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of confused because it was in the youth center. It was at the ice cream social. It was like our first event back in the youth center, and it was like May. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Was so that the... I was there early to set up. I don't even know. No, because I wasn't a student leader yet. But anyways, yeah. So yeah, I got confused because Andre was talking like other high schoolers, and he seemed to have high schooler antics too. Like, he just looked like it, but he also looked a little older, but, like, if he was maybe 19. So, I, I was thinking, like, a senior. Uh, and then he said he was going to be a senior in, in college. <laughs> like, uh, I'm four years off. <laughs> yeah, and so that's how, how we met. And uh, then Josh. Was that, so that was before the summer camp? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't going to that, I guess. Yeah, the first thing I went to really yeah. was the summer camp. I think I had one event before. Yeah, that. if I, so I, I'm glad summer camp happened because, uh, well, it was a great summer camp, but also, I got an embarrassing story from Don J. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> just, just don't. He should not drink Mountain Dew milk. Mountain Dew. <laughs> All right, here you go. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> but Josh, uh, what do you think about Mountain Dew milk? You I don't explain really, what it is. It's 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 milk and Mountain Dew. I don't really remember the flavor though. I think it was okay. It was it tasted like sour milk, but not sour like rotten, but like just sour. Sour flavoring. Like, yeah. It depends on how much milk you put in it. But yeah. Yeah, like creamy. Mountain it was creamy. Dew. It was creamy Mountain yeah. Dew. It it tasted like Mountain <laughs> Dew ice cream melted. Mountain Dew ice cream. Yeah. Now that sounds good, but saying creamy Mountain Dew? That doesn't sound as good. Yeah. I don't think Satan likes this podcast. Go. No. Go away. All the dogs. No. <laughs> oh, okay, man. Go back. Go. Oh. Eat food. You can sit there, actually. Actually, no, you're going to put it. What'd you do for Christmas? We woke up, made breakfast, and then, um, what did happen? My mom, my, my parents wanted to take pictures, so we went and took pictures out in the Fantan Mountains, and then we got a little snack, hung out for a little bit, opened presents, then we went to uh, my uncle's house. It was a, it was a really good Christmas. Mm -hmm. Josh, you see, this is why I don't prepare for podcasts. I've never prepared as much as I have for this one. And look, it's, it's, it's not going good. Did you guys keep talking? Uh, a little bit. But like for the podcast, I don't need to cut it. We can cut it. me how my Christmas was. How, how was your Christmas? There's a clap. You can find the mark now. What were we talking about? You can about? line them up. It's pretty cool. It is. What we were talking about Christmas... Yeah. I don't remember before that. We didn't talk about anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mountain Dew milk. Oh, yeah, Mountain Dew milk. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like describing that as creamy Mountain Dew. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Like, that ruins cream soda. And I love cream soda. I don't like cream soda. It's cream. Well, my bad. You can't forgive me, Dodger. Oh, dang it. Well, anyways, so, did you graduate? Yeah. I graduated, um... Technically, at 
the end of March in 2022, but um, I ended up walking in June 2022 because that's when everybody walks. So, mm. yeah, got that degree. Yeah. Um, and so how did you end up at Calvary Chapel Mountain View then? I just looked for the <coughs> Calvary, really. Um, <coughs> Sorry, guys, I'm dying. You're good. No, yeah. I just... I just looked for the nearest Calvary, um, and I was like, okay, let's try these things out. And honestly, I was looking for a place that was open for COVID as well. Um, and so we found that Calvary. We went to it. We really enjoyed it. The pastor um, had great messages. It was very Bible-focused, and we loved the small church aspect of it. And so that was the first one we tried, and that's where we just stayed. Um, so, yeah, we, we ended up staying there, and it, it worked out. It was It was super beneficial, and now we're... Um, me and my wife, we serve there, and we have great friends and family that go there, and so um, it's been a blessing. Nice. So, do you have anything else you want to mention about yourself mm. before we move on? I guess you hit you hit the big topics. I don't. I'm a pretty boring person. I don't do much outside of. Yeah, you don't seem work. very boring. I don't seem boring. no. Ask my wife, she tell you I'm very boring. I don't like to do much. I like to eat, I like to work out, and I like to study scripture type stuff. Like I I watch YouTube. I wish I liked to work out. <laughs> <laughs> I I like to play basketball. Honestly, working out, like lifting, I don't in I just I don't just enjoy lifting anymore. Like it, it's hard to go do it, but I know I should, and once I get in there I enjoy it. But the thought of it, like playing basketball sounds fun. Lifting sounds slightly less fun. But when I start doing it, I get really into it. So, but yeah, that's about all I do. I work, come back. I'll either cook for Chloe or I'll go lift. And then I'll eat and then hang out with my wife. We'll watch TV. Recently, we've been watching alone. That's something I don't do at all. I don't go outside and I'm not outdoorsy. So it's interesting seeing other people do it for a living um, and go out and compete. Do it. And then, so it's a show where you go out by yourself. You have, you have basic things that help you as far as, um, you can bring like rope, you can bring 10 items and you have, it's almost like a self podcast. They have these little GoPros with them and they have safety equipment and they take them out either by helicopter or boat or they drive them out or whatever the situation is. They sit them there. They make sure they're far enough apart from the other 10 people, other nine people to where they won't you know, get caught with each other and then they just leave them. No, no, there's no nothing. It takes them probably like an hour to get to you if you call for help and you just have to live off the land, build your own shelters. And they usually put them in extreme places like the Arctic or, you know, Mongolia somewhere. Or like Arizona in the desert. Maybe. It may be too civilized though. <laughs> it's yeah. too close to civilization. At this point. Yeah. Sadly. I, I remember, uh, like the main road out here, uh, I remember when you could see past the road, and now all you see is houses. Ah, like uh, I I think when the president is coming to uh the a town that borders yours, uh -huh. that that means you need to get farther away from society. But mm. wow, <laughs> but I like my church, so I wouldn't do that. You're not a city boy, are you? Yeah, no, I like to get places that are five miles away in like. 10 minutes, yeah. not 20. But in a true city, you don't even need to go five miles. Well, mm. It's all around you. Yeah, but I work at a church, which is five miles away. Live at the church. <laughs> what? Um, yeah. Nice. What about you, Josh? You have a job? Do I have a job? You have a job? No. Do you like lifting? I love lifting, yeah. No. But I'm a cross-country runner, so I'm not supposed to. <laughs> You're not supposed to lift? You're not supposed to like it? I'm not supposed to lift uh, as much. Do. Or like it, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a thing that you just, you're not supposed to do either. Uh, have either. Um, and so is it true or a lie that you're the biggest guy at school? I'm the biggest guy at school, I wish. No, 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 the strongest. Strongest? I also wish. Hmm. You, you false advertising off I'm the air. I'm false advertising? Yeah, you, all, you tell me you... In my in you, my You told me you're class, bigger than the football player. Oh, most of them, yeah. I weigh more than almost every football player. But the seniors, the seniors are bigger than me. I'm 
lowerclassmen in my class, I'm one of the highest. And there's a few seniors who kind of live at the gym outside of school and in school. Mm. It's making sense. Right. But I do also go to a small school. Like, small. The people are smaller. We had a blood drive. A small school. Yeah. Well, we had a blood drive, and the person who was taking the blood went and complained to our sports med people about how everyone was... You have to be a certain weight and a certain height to donate blood, and everyone didn't make weight. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, my school is... people. The people are small. Nice. All right. Your definition of small school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Based on the size of the people. <laughs> that, that's interesting. Um, so, Dante, what, what's your opinion on uh, how the church should be reaching people today? And I would say even more focused on the youth, because that's the future, and that's where um, uh, revivals mm. begin, I would think. And so, Okay. Well, what, what's... What's the church doing wrong right now? What are they doing right? <laughs> That's a big question. Um, and obviously, I don't have all the answers. But from my perspective, I think the church needs to continue to really just preach the word. I think that was an exhortation in, in 2 Timothy 4. Um, it's, a, it's amazing what preaching the word does. It may not make a lot of Christians, but it'll make really strong Christians. I think... And 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 hear me out on this because it's not it's not a complete dichotomy. Like you can't just split them up. I think it should be somewhere in the middle. But sometimes I think churches are either really boring and really dull, and they really want to just focus on the scriptures and that's it. Or sometimes I think it's we want to do topicals and we want to do things that will excite people. We want to do things that are really useful to people, um, and we want to just have these big outreaches and really cool services. I think there's a middle ground where. The size of your church doesn't matter, right? Big church, small church, mega church, it doesn't matter. What matters is the content. What matters is the maturity level of the pastors. What matters is the discipleship that's going on. What matters is the community that you have. So whether it's mega church or small church, small church, the whole church is like one big community. In a mega church, you just kind of have to cut that up. I don't think it's reasonable for a pastor to know 2,000 plus names. That's very hard. You're asking so much of one person. But what we can have is many people who have different gifts, gifts of hospitality, and then have someone come over who has the gift of teaching. And we go through these little Bible studies. We disciple one another. We pray with one another. Like after a service, 2,000 people can't come up to a pastor. That's almost impossible. But what can happen is we have a bunch of people who we recognize, a bunch of brothers and sisters in the crowd who we know. Um, who get platform for their gifts. You know, sometimes I think it becomes a one-man show and they think, oh, we have to follow this one personality. That's how we grow our church. And it's like, in the body of 2,000 people, there are more than likely another person or many people who have the gift of teaching. And maybe they need to go somewhere and start their own church and we send them out and they start their own churches and they do their own things. Or maybe we give them some kind of platform to, hey, like, do this thing at your house or whatever it is. But what I think, the heart of it, I think, is really that discipleship. He says, make disciples of all nations. Um, and, of course, that includes evangelism. So, you know, we shouldn't neglect, as pastors, to do the work of an evangelist. That's what Paul tells Timothy once again. Do the work of an evangelist. Um, but we can't neglect that discipleship and to continue feeding the flock. And sometimes it's hard when you're speaking out to 2,000 people. Sometimes there need to be smaller groups. Um, but I, 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 what I think is the church, the pe- I, I got to speak to both camps. The people who are so Bible-centered and we want to not make it entertaining and we want to not, you know, have all the big fuzzy lights around. Like, I, I understand your heart and I'm thankful for your heart that you're so gospel-centered. What you have to understand is that we also should be drawing people in. But then to the other side, who it's all about the lights. It's all about how good the worship is and the outreach events and, you know, having the coolest merch and all that. Like, you can't lose, like, you can't lose yourself in trying to go get the people and then come back and bring them a doled down message. 
Yeah. We need to be able to go get the people and still have that strong stance and still have that strong discipleship. Um, and I think that's possible both in small and big churches. So I think discipleship is probably um, where, I, where I stand is the, is the big message because we need to help people live better, not just get information, but actually be able to have the accessibility to be able to talk with people on a regular basis and really strengthen each other and grow with each other instead of, hey, I gave you this message. I'll pray for you if you come up and ask, which people rarely do. People usually don't like coming up exposing their problems. That's not like a thing people just go up to pastors to willy-nilly. Like almost everyone, if we were serious, almost everyone will be up there almost every Sunday. Yeah. If people really went up for their problems. But what do we see? We see maybe one or two. At my church, it's rarely anybody. Um, and we, But that's the thing. We're able to pray with each other on our own. When we go outside and we're fellowship and we're eating food, we pray with each other then. Um, and so I really think fellowship, that growth process, that discipleship, I think regardless of how good your pastor is on a Sunday, if there's no follow-up, if there's no um, talking with each other and encouraging one another and meeting up for Bible studies and like kind of the extracurriculars, being the church, like actually being the church and not just going to church. I think a lot of that is missing and what we're seeing is a lot of unmature Christians not ready to tell the world about who Jesus is and not ready to live out the life that God's called us to, which is walking in love and showing other people the love of Christ. Yeah. So that, that's kind of echoing a little bit of what uh, we talked about in last week's podcast, or two weeks ago, actually. Um, we're just talking about how we think the church says all the right things, but I feel like in action... The, not the whole church, right? but in general, at least in America, too, that oh, the church doesn't really act it out as much as we oh, should, yeah. you know? And uh, I feel like we should be more focused on outreach, but I think that's more on an individual level. Like, oh, yeah. you, you hear people say, but just the people that are around us, you know? You don't have to be going out and making all these converts, you know, but right. because God has enough of us in the places that he wants us, you know, and he puts people around us and he brings people to us and he takes us to people. Oh, yeah. And I think. Oh, yeah. It's, like uh, the Great Commission says, make disciples, not make converts, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of living with your life. Oh, yeah. And that's, and it's just being faithful to what God's called you to. I know we have a group of people. There's a group of people at Calvary Chapel, Queen Creek, that go out and they evangelize in open public spaces and that's not for everybody and that's okay because there are some people who are very personal and God just brings a lot of people in their life and they end up witnessing to them and then living that out with them and then they go on and do their things in different churches and it's like hey that's that's what we ought to be doing you know just be faithful to what God called you to do we don't have to live in this fairy tale where we're all these big Billy Graham um or you know, the harvest festival type of events. It's like, what has God called you to in your life? Because in your life, he's called you to love. In your life, he's called you to put others over yourself. Like to count others as more important than yourself. I think that's in Philippians 2 when he's, he's uh, Paul is emphasizing Jesus's humility. Um, so it's about us just being faithful to what God's called us to do. And some people, they have the gift of evangelizing and they're going out into the open, into the public and doing that thing. That's great. And I have a heart to want to do that too. I haven't done it yet, but I have a heart to do that. So maybe I'll try it one day. But as for right now, I have many, many different occasions where a conversation just strikes up and next you know we're talking about Jesus. And maybe I'll never talk to that person again about it. But as long as I'm faithful to do the one thing that Jesus has called me to do, I have to understand that God loves everybody and that he's going to give everybody, like he's going to reveal himself to everybody in one way or another. And I trust that my God is good enough to do that. So like Paul talks about in, I think, 1 Corinthians 3, like Apollos watered or planted, I watered, but God gave the increase. I just want to do that one thing that you called me to do because I didn't see that someone planted it. God just called me to water. it. And so as long as I do my part, I don't have to worry about, did I say the right thing? Did I do the perfect thing? Because if Jesus could use a donkey to get his point across, he could definitely use some words that I may or may not said right. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And um, you're talking about the planting. Not everyone is a lot. A lot of and the the Billy Graham thing. Everyone's like, ooh, they want to be the harvester when they go out, especially when they go out and witness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not everyone's called to be the harvester. You also got to plant and water and all that stuff. Plant, water, and just to tend to the soil. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of different things that are going place. Tending to the soil. Those are the people who. You know, just make the place look pretty. Who clean up and who make sure the seats are there and make sure the lighting's perfect. They're making the environment as smooth as possible. So a pastor comes up, he doesn't have to worry about the sound. He can just go and he can preach. And he doesn't worry about the sanctuary being cleaned. Or, and not that some pastors do both, and that's fine. But there are people who don't even directly have anything to do with like any of the content that somebody's getting. They're just helping other people do the thing that they're supposed to do. You talk about like the gift of helps and, you know, other variety of gifts that may not be speaking gifts, but the gift of giving, allowing the church to continue in the ministries they're doing, keeping the lights on. Like we need all of those people. They're just tending to the soil. So you talk about harvesting, like there's so much more than the evangelism piece. And that's what people got to understand. We don't have to be these superstar Christians. We have to be these faithful Christians. And once we could get that, that mindset to change from being the big shot, being the star, to just being who God's called us to be, to using our gifts when God calls us to, it's like that's where the, that's where the real benefit is. Because if we're not walking in God's will, he can't bless those things. So if I'm up there trying to do all these different things and I don't have that gift, well, kudos to me for trying to go out. But if God's put that on somebody else's heart and I'm stealing their work because I want to be recognized... That's not helpful for the body. It may get the job done at the moment, but I mean, that's that's conflict. And we need to let our body, like the whole body, everyone has different parts. We, as well as like doing our parts, we need to respect the parts of others and realize that this toe may be ugly and maybe it could be done sexier or whatever. But it's like, that is what it's designed for. And regardless of how it looks, it's doing its job and I need to get out of its way. Because if I'm a thumb, I can't do what a foot does. That's not where I've been put. And so, yeah, just just being faithful to what you've been called to do. That's a, that's a good point, Josh. Yeah. And um, if you try to take on too much and, like, you're the thumb trying to be the toe, uh, you can get tired out and burnt mm. out, and then you can't even do your job right. Exactly. Yeah. You got any questions for Don J. Josh? No. I have no questions. questions. It's okay. Make one up. What's your favorite color? Absolutely blue. Blue. It's been my favorite. It's my favorite flavor of like Mm. anytime. If I get an icy, I'm getting a blue icy. If I can flavor icy blue. Oh, blue raspberry. (laughs) What flavor icy? Just blue. blue. Just blue. I don't. I don't (laughs) care. Blue Powerade. Blue Gatorade. Blue snow cones. Blue Jolly Ranchers. Like blue is except the only blue that probably wouldn't enjoy over something else is the starburst because the pink is goaded oh yeah yeah but almost everything else it's blue it's blue for me i think blue is the best flavor oh yeah absolutely blue can't blue is a good color don j tastes the color dude everyone tastes color. color there's no way if you give me you a blue know. skittle i'll know it versus the red skittle yeah <laughs> that's a thing are there blue skittles i haven't there are basic skittles yeah, in a while fruit one Oh, they're yeah, not yeah. basic. Oh, yeah. and they're not basic. They're extended. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any more questions, Josh? Mm, no. Just, just make up one more. Man. Make up one make more. Make up one more. A Josh type question. What time you uh, wake up this morning? Ooh, this morning. Yeah. I woke up at. I think I woke up at noon. I was up late watching a movie with my dad, so. <laughs> I got to be- I got to bed pretty late and I woke up pretty late. I was supposed to live with my brother. Man, your and, dad uh, was at work getting in, man. Can't, can't I believe you, man. I know. <laughs> I know you were at work at noon. Where's, yeah, yeah. It was bad. I wish I would have got up earlier. Nah, you're on vacation. I'm, I'm giving you a hard time. You're good. <laughs> I do wish I woke up earlier. You bro. know who needs a hard time? It's me. Did you show up to work today? No, I good, I knew good. you weren't gonna be there, so I just okay. Yeah. Well, well, it it rained. So this it was only gonna morning. be an hour. It rained this morning, and uh, well, I woke up. I was supposed to be at work at seven. It was like seven fifteen. I'm like, what? And then, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I need to get up 
And so I got up two hours later. And uh, I mean, it was still raining and I landscaped. So it wasn't the worst thing in the world because I couldn't do anything anyway. I'll just have to work those hours another day. But yeah, I didn't show up to work till like 10.45. For some context, I work with him when I'm on break. And, school, uh, yeah. yeah, and no, we don't need this con. No, that was enough, Josh. That we talked enough. about it yesterday about uh about because <laughs> I have a, I had a soccer tournament today and I was like I'll come in for an hour tomorrow I'll be there at seven to eight, and then I knew he wasn't gonna be there. I've known him that long that I just know. How did you know? Like on that day in particular that I when I was going to bed I was like oh, Taylor's not gonna be there tomorrow so I set my alarm later. <laughs> I just knew. It's great. Josh knows me this well. He's yep. just like, yeah. Must be nice. All right. Well, uh, we, we've all done it. So so now we need you to freestyle to close this up. <laughs> freestyle. Freestyle rap. Oh, yeah. man. Whatever you use. I first have to type it out. Well, I just kind of mumble. You just kind of mumble. I'll, I'll yeah. try to do audible words, but <laughs> it depends what kind of it depends what kind of beat that's that's played. So like, no, 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 no. We, we don't have beat. We don't have a phone either. Acapella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just acapella. It gives you more freedom. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> Let's see here. Let's try to keep it clean too. <laughs> what? I do recommend. Well, it. I mean, the thing is, like, when I freestyle with my wife, we could talk about the things in our marriage, and you know. But when, you know, I can't talk about that now. So You can talk about the things in our our relationship. Our relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Oh snap. Alright. Give me a word. Like what's a give me give me a word. Pants. Pants? Yeah, pants. Mm. Okay, wow. Are my legs cramping? Let me get this burp out first before I start freestyling. Yeah, yeah. We've only done like four lines, so you don't have to like make a oh, yeah. song. I mean, it's oh, not four much. lines. Yeah, it's very little. Okay, this this we're we're really white. You're Hispanic. <laughs> he said we're really white, but he's Hispanic. Internal. It's my inner whiteness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's try this out. Pants. That's such a bad. <laughs> such a bad word. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, I'm I'm trying to. There's one scripture that I'm trying to think of, and and oh, okay, I got you, I got you. The music going off, I can't help but dance. I'm putting on the spiritual clothes like some pants. I'm going around eating spiritual food like it's from a can. All I know is that I can't, but who did? He can. Jesus, He the Savior. I love my Lord and Savior. Look at Jesus. Yeah, why y'all looking at him like haters? I don't know, but you need to step in line. I don't know, but by the time I end these rhymes, you're going to understand that Jesus, he's the king. Jesus is the king, and he's really coming back like a fiend because what? He owns this earth, and you can't do nothing to stop him. All I know is that he's unstoppable because he's my God, and he's really your God too. Even though you don't understand it, that truth is still true. Mm. God, God is God because he is Don J. Scott, guys. That's what I got. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> just because, just because think, you don't believe in him doesn't mean he's still not your God. Because at the end yeah, of the no, day, sure, every yeah. knee shall bow and every tongue shall proclaim whether you like it or not. I feel like you know? rap is racist now. <laughs> rap is racist. Because no. it, was, it was somewhat good. He said it was somewhat good. <laughs> no, 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 it was good. Oh, compared, compared to what we've to, had, it's not somewhat. It no, compared to what we've had, that's like legendary. I know, I know. <laughs> that's actual music to our listeners' ears for yeah. once. Thank I'm you, Dante. And course. the fact that you made it about God with with pants, like yeah, I love that so much. <laughs> That's just, oh man, it was epic. I'm I love it. Praise God. We're gonna we're <laughs> gonna sell that now. Just hey, now. as long as I get my AdSense, I'm okay. <laughs> Royalties. Yeah, give me my royalty. I oh, we, we, we didn't ask you though. Uh, okay. Uh, what's your favorite Bible verse? Bible verse. Uh, hmm. I have I have favorite passages, like my favorite passage is Jonah. 
I love Jonah. Um, I, the first um, time that I got to preach to a church, the first time I preached in a church to like adults. So I've preached in many churches to like high schoolers, but the first, and I've, I've taught to high, I've taught to men before. Like I've, I've done like men things, but the first time I talked to just like a church on a Sunday that wasn't to a youth group, that was to like the actual church was Jonah. But if I had to pick a favorite verse, I'm going to have to say Hebrews 12. Um, endured the cross, despised the shame. Um, man, that that part, I love, I love that because for the joy that was set before him, he endured the Christ, despised the shame, and now he's seated. I, I just love that because it's it's talking about Jesus' love for us and he like that was such a struggle to have to go through that like that wasn't easy like even though Jesus is God going to the cross wasn't an easy thing because he had to die for all of our sins as someone who had never sinned and we see the kind of the the kind of burden that it put on him seeing him pray seeing him i didn't see him but reading about him praying in the garden of gethsemane with the blood coming out for sweat um and then the betrayal that he felt not just from the world but even from his disciples i mean going to sleep on him him being able to endure that and then like thinking about what he had to endure the flogging the beatings the crown of thorns the walk after he got flogged and then actually getting nailed to the cross. And then while he's getting nailed to the cross, he still has to, prophecy is still being fulfilled as far as him not drinking wine, him being pierced in his side. And then seeing him forgive someone like right by him, people mocking him as he's up there saying, if you're really God, if you're really the Messiah, make yourself come down. He endures that. But not only does he have to endure the pain, emotional spiritual and physical he then has this shame and this has to do somewhat with the spiritual uh pain that he had to endure but now he has to deal with the shame of the father having to turn his face away of him becoming our sins because then corinthians 5 says he became sin so in that moment he was our sin whatever theological baggage that comes with i don't know exactly what that means how that looks like we can't we never say jesus has sinned that's not true but he becomes our sin and he dies a death so that we can live to despise that shame of the shame of becoming sin in that moment having a father turn his face away thinking about his relationship with god from eternity's past and so now having to become sin in which God himself cannot dwell with because like God can't dwell with sin. Having to put like despise that shame. He despised that shame. He looked at that shame and said like, I don't care about you because I'm looking towards my son and my daughter down there. He endured the Christ, despised the shame. And now just knowing that he's the name above all names and that he did all of that for me. It's just, it's just amazing. And I think the, the verse before, it talks about him being the author and the finisher. It's either before or after. But anyways, in that same passage, in that same context, it, it talks about him being the author and finisher. That he he started he started our life, but he also finished our Like he, he allowed us to become whole and one with God. That verse, like those verses kind of jam-packed all of what Jesus was, all of what Jesus did, and all of who Jesus is, and his positioning now. I just love, I love Hebrews 12, that beginning, one through three-ish, around there. I can't, I wish I could remember it perfectly. I haven't looked at it in a while. I've been reading it through other places, but those, those, those verses kind of stick with me. Yeah. You got a favorite verse, or passage? I like the book of James. Oh, yeah. Love James. Yeah. James is good. <laughs> James is really good.
How about you, Taylor? Explain, Joe. Oh, okay. I don't know, I just... It touches on so much, and it's like five pages. Well, I guess it depends on your Bible. <laughs> on my Bible, it's five pages. Yeah. It's five chapters, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like, uh, right now, really, James one twelve. It's about uh, resisting temptation and oh. getting the crown of life. Oh, wow. I don't remember it word for word. It's like the longest verse Basically, in James. Yeah. One of the longest. <laughs> Other than chapter five. Yeah, Josh always talks about... Uh, if you have the book of James, you don't need the rest of the Bible. And I tell him that's heresy. Yeah, you said. Oh, I'm so wrong. He said no, that's heresy. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no, no, no. For real, what Josh said that one time was uh, that uh, if he had to pick any one book of the Bible, it would be James. And I'm like, Josh. I, I do stand by that. I would pick James. Jesus doesn't say anything in that book. Like, physically. Holy Spirit and, does, though. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Jesus there's a lot, there's brother. A lot of... I, I like it when, uh, like, chapter 4 starts and it looks like James just gets really mad. And it's 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 good, spiritual, righteous anger. He just gets mad, and you can tell, like, in chapter 5 where he, like, cools off and he's like, guys, just don't do that. Like, hmm, I'm gonna have to... Yeah. I don't think I've noticed that about... I can't remember exactly what's in chapter 4. I know a lot... James is a great... I love that book. Just like wisdom. It's not a proverb, but it it has some great wisdom, some good practical knowledge. I think 120 I, that's that's huge in relationships. I think that's the number one when it talks about let everybody be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. That is like if you can nail that down, your relationships with people will be so good. <laughs> like it's crazy how practical how practically good the Bible is. But man, like so many of my, pro I mean, when you think about marriage, my goodness, if you could just shut up and stop talking and listen to your spouse, it changes so much. It's like God knew what he was doing. It's not just the salvation piece. He, he wants us to live a better life here and he wants our relationships to be good. Like he, he said in his prayer, he said, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Like it's not just a, our life will be perfect with him in eternity. That's, that's great and that is the main thing he he died so we could spend eternity with him but he also came to give us that abundant life and i think part of that is our relationships with people and man the bible is so so beyond its time it's so amazing how science is still trying to catch up to the bible yeah yep my favorite verse i don't know uh I always say the the most cookie cutter thing possible. I say uh, uh, John three sixteen. Okay. It's been my favorite verse since I was little because that was the first time I remember it. Nah, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, there's just so many other good passages. It's kind of hard to decide, but I think John three sixteen and seventeen really gets to the core of everything. You know. Yeah, seventeen's great. Believing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because. 16 sounds all, all 16. great, and then 17 kind of reminds you, like, you know, there is an alternative to heaven for someone, you know, uh, that God didn't come into the world to condemn the world, that the whole world might be saved through him. Kind of just reminding that there is condemnation, you know? It's yeah. not just everlasting life, but yeah, yes. you can perish, and it's condemnation for not believing. So Yeah, I think, I think that's probably the verse that doesn't get as much attention as it should just because yeah. it's by such an easy but um, comprehensive gospel presentation. Yeah. Um, so then you get to 17. It's like for Jesus didn't come to condemn the world but to save it. It's like, wow. That's... Huh. Maybe and that's that point. everyone like, saying that, you know, God's just judgmental and trying to kill everyone's fun right because i really like even the passage after that you know how the men hate the light and that's why they run even farther into the darkness you know and so it's a really good point because you have those people that will just shut down on you and not want to talk anymore <laughs> you know it's like well right that's literally because you know you're wrong you know? yeah it helps me out in my judgment like and how judgmental i could be yeah. It's like seeing that last part, it's like, oh, he came to save it, not to condemn it. And it's like, sometimes I, like, obviously he had to speak against sin. And we should too. The Bible in Ephesians, I think it's Ephesians, calls us to expose the works of darkness. So I'm not trying to say like, ah, we shouldn't judge. Like people read your Bibles. The Bible literally calls us to judge. 
He talks about the fruit that people bear and looking at them. He talks about us specifically. Paul in 1 Corinthians, I think 6, tells us to judge those in the church for like the things that they're doing. So we're meant to judge. We're meant to expose the darkness. Like it's not like we're not supposed to judge, but man, it's like God, when he came to earth, that wasn't to condemn people. That was for the purpose. Jesus came to this earth for the reason of saving us. That's what he's talking about. Now, what's he saving us from? Our sin. That's why we need to talk about the sin. Because without the sin, there's no reason for a savior. But so he came to save us. And so what does it look like to really be like Jesus? Well, it's to seek other people's salvation. And sometimes that looks like exposing your sin, like he did to the Pharisees. But sometimes it looks like just giving someone grace. Hey, do any of these people stone you? Like, do they have the right to stone you? No, they don't. And neither, and for us, we're in the same boat as other people. We had our stones, and then Jesus' word forced us to let them go. But to understand that Jesus could have thrown that stone, and he actually has the right to judge, and eventually he will judge, when he came to this earth, his point was to save us from that. And so right there, you see what the gospel does. Jesus takes the condemnation that the world tries to give you, that Satan himself, he tries to condemn us. He's before God, pointing out all the saints' sins, running back and forth. But Jesus came to, hey, step in the way of that and say, listen, you deserve it. That's right. We all deserve death. The wages of sin is death. Romans 6, 23. But the free gift of salvation, or I, I forget how the rest of it, I can remember. But basically, the, it's talking about that salvation that Jesus gives. And it's like, man, sometimes we just miss that. We need to understand that Jesus came to save a dog has entered the studio. That's a cute dog. Yeah. Mike Winger gets interrupted by cats. You guys could be the podcast getting interrupted by dogs. <laughs> yeah. There's three dogs, a little a little one. And then there's like a black lab, which is super energetic. She was like, is it he or she? It's a he. It's a he dog. was knocking his tail. Trying to transgender my dog. I'm sorry. He was knocking his it, tail all up <laughs> against this thing. And it was, it was like knocking against it. And man, it was like, man, that's an excited dog. <laughs> Now this one has the prettiest eyes. Oh, 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 oh. Nope. Didn't make it. Hip, bad hips. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Well, but, do you have anything you want to close us out with, Sanjay? Oh man. Uh, nothing particular. I'm I'm thankful to be on the podcast. Thank you guys for having me. Um. Well, thank you for coming on. Yeah. But, this has been Taylor's biggest wish for many years. <laughs> since we started. Yeah. But, but right. is it just eight years? At least one year. A year and a half. Wow. He wouldn't, about every week that we did this, he would mention you and how he wants you on this. Oh, man. Well, yeah. Merry Christmas. You're, you're, you're <laughs> our biggest advertising point. Oh, that's why. Hey. He wants to use you, yeah. It's yeah, okay. Because you're cooler than me. I'll, look, whatever the Lord uses. The Lord <laughs> of course, yeah. uses many things to platform people. I'm, I'm happy you're doing this, man. And I hope um, whoever's listening is encouraged. Yeah. Um, I, I hope the people... Uh, can somewhat relate to your testimony, you yeah, because it, it really is powerful, you know, because like you're talking about uh, sex, not like sexual <laughs> sin isn't like the easiest thing, especially for a guy to get out of. And so oh, whenever man. God takes someone out of that, I mean, it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I'm grateful to God. Um, thankful for you guys for having me on. And, you know, I'm, my prayer is just that you continue to do this, man, whatever God's calling you to do. I think, Chloe all the time is like, man, you could be good at doing podcasts. Or you could be, ah, I think you could be YouTube famous. And it's like, yeah, maybe that may be true. But, you know, I just haven't felt called yet to do that. And when, when I feel called, I will. But right now, I just want to tend to my house well and um, just do better in that arena. Because I, I do have certain gifts that, you know, I'm, God's allowed me to exercise. But I really want to be ready for that time when God calls me to be a pastor. If he calls me to be a pastor. Um but I, I'm, I'm enjoying seeing you uh, step out of your shell and, you know, really just follow what God has you to do. Um, and thankful to Josh for helping you out and continuing to be present and here and, you know, with you, partnering with you. And um, I know me personally, I want to partner with you guys and do whatever I can to help this podcast to succeed. Um, 
because man, I, I think we need more Christian voices and whatever, if God's calling you to do something, I, he has a purpose for it. And maybe that purpose is just to strengthen you. And even if that's the case, like I think it's worth it. And so I'm, you know, I'm proud of you guys and what you guys are doing. And I'm staying faithful. I know a lot of kids grow up in the church and they want nothing to do with it after. Um, but you stayed faithful, continued on the course, and you know God has some some big plans for you guys. So you know I'm just, I'm just excited for you guys to really get this thing going and continue walking yeah. in your purpose, being faithful. You know. Yeah, it actually reminds me. I forgot to announce again that uh, Christianity and politics, uh, the new podcast. Instead of Max is a sixty. Uh, okay. The new podcast that we're coming out with me. Uh, Christianity and politics. The by the time this comes out, it w- the first episode will have come out yesterday. So, go on Spotify, and listen. I guess, Josh. Also, <laughs> you said whenever the cameras up, they give you give hearts to the fans. Yeah, heart. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> All right. About that. Well, well, thanks for being on, Don J. Yeah, thank you well, for well, thank me. you for helping out too, Josh, and uh. I guess say bye to the fans. Bye, people. No, 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 Josh. Josh.